Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR and People Management. I'm your host, Susan Nay. Today, we're going to talk about the resignation reality and reassessing priorities, a topic that's getting huge media attention these days. So the phone rings. My daughter-in-law works for Lululemon. It was with huge excitement that she let her dad know their stocks have gone up by 13% several days ago. Stocks in Lululemon. Apparently, we're enjoying hanging out in our comfy clothes and on doing more of that. This is at the same time that I'm opening up my LinkedIn, I'm seeing placards with resign written across them and news broadcasts indicating that 50% of our workforce are considering quitting. McKinsey and company articles are noting that people are not returning and it's happening across all ages and all sectors, although it is hitting some employment areas much harder than others. I just got forwarded an article from the Harvard Business Review on who is driving the great resignation. It's everywhere. On Facebook, I watched a video of a comedic return to the office. That was funny because it reflected how many of us are feeling. The boss was trying to capture the attention of his two employees, one who had shown up to the office in his house coat because he'd never used the video feature on Zoom. So he was not used to being seen in his comfy attire. And the other who was saying, boring, out loud, uh, with regard to the presentation, because you guessed it, he was used to being on mute and verbalizing how he really felt about what was going on during those work calls. Might that be you? I hear of organizations that intend for every person to return to working from the location they worked at prior to COVID-19. No flexibility. And I hear of organizations that now recognize that many individuals and positions can indeed work differently and will incorporate this into their their work plans, their return plans. These choices are helping inform those decisions of whether to return or not. Now, according to McKinsey and Company, where before the pandemic, individuals typically required another employment opportunity before quitting, this is not what they're seeing happen now. People are making the decision to quit without having this safety net. Now, I know from friends that there is software available to track off-site productivity where this is felt necessary. But for some positions, do we care about when the work gets done as long as it's getting done? 
or when the required hours get worked? I know in our unionized organizations that these provisions have been negotiated and that there can't be unilateral changes, but there can be discussion and change potentially agreed to. We know that we need to reduce our carbon footprint. We also know the challenges of raising families and tending to the stuff that comes up during our work days because we have full lives outside of our employment. This has all been managed during the pandemic and work continued to get done. Can we learn something from the pandemic? Can we see the positives that we learned from and use these to make our organizations a, a better place to offer our talents and our skills? Many of us are reassessing who we are, what we stand for, and we're reflecting on how we are experiencing stress and friction in our lives. I believe that it's this that's resulting in the resignation crisis that we're, that's currently occurring. And apparently monetary incentives are not proving to be enough. In McKinsey's studies, they, they found that people are yearning to be appreciated and recognized, to be considered and treated as more than a transaction. It's pretty simple stuff, just not always practiced well. Time for new beginnings, starting fresh. What are you and your teams really wishing for as we move forward? Why not ask? What do you think is really going on? And as shared in the podcast on communication, how about encouraging those deeper conversations to emerge? Resigning from employment is a huge decision and one that not many of us can actually make. We have rent or mortgages to pay and expenses to cover. But what we can do is reflect on what changes we want to make in our lives and to take small steps towards these. I just purchased the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less right, by Greg McCowan. <laughs> Within the first pages, I saw me the overcommitted woman who has a very difficult time saying no. It's not that I don't love all of what those yeses bring to my life. It is about what I don't get to as a result of not being able to say no. You know, as I, I sat reading and I, I realized that I hadn't really wanted to go to the brunch date after my hair appointment. I was feeling really tired and just wanted to curl up in front of the fire and read. My tummy was already upset from over-imbibing the evening before. Yes, I drank too much wine, I admit it. But I didn't want to be a party pooper. So I went, and so I felt even more tired and more bloated as a result. I could easily have bowed out, sharing that I wasn't feeling my best, but I didn't. By taking a moment just to reflect on the past week, I realized that only the day before I'd been on Zoom calls from 6 o'clock in the morning until 5.30 that afternoon. I had not had time for breakfast. I'd gulped down a quick snack at lunch. I drank far too many cups of coffee and I had no energy to create anything healthy for dinner. Does that sound familiar? Did I need to be on all of those calls? Were they effective uses of my time? Apparently I should be asking, where do I want to go big on? Cowan asserts that the cumulative impact of this small change in thinking can be profound. As I said, there are things I know I'm not getting to. Might this be you? What do you want to go big on? 
and haven't been able to because you are so overcommitted. What is really important to you? Macau notes that the non-essential thinks, I can do it all. The essentialist asks, what is the trade-off I want to make? What are your core values and priorities? Because, and I quote from Ikon, trade-offs are not something to be ignored or decreed. They are something to be embraced and made deliberately, strategically, and thoughtfully. I found myself reflecting on whether I wish to take a course. Now, the course would require me to go downtown Vancouver every Wednesday evening for several hours for the next 12 weeks. Now, I've gotten used to learning online, and yet I do miss the interaction with people. We have all changed over the, the past 18 months, and we've gotten used to learning differently. I've decided to not take the course. Now, I would love to learn from that instructor. The topic is exciting, and it would be one more thing on my plate to arrange my life around. At this point in my life, it is not something I want to go big on. It would be stretching my time and energy even further. What are the things in your life that could wait? What are the departmental or organizational objectives that are not supporting what you want to go big on? Are all those meetings necessary? Could work be done differently? How could there be more flexibility incorporated if this is what you and the team are asking for? A couple of days ago, I spoke at one of our local universities about leadership, about the stuff that gets in the way of enabling us to be our very best. We talked about our gremlins, those voices inside our head that tell us stories, stories that are not usually true. We talked about the importance of questioning our assumptions and remembering to pause and take a breath before reacting, especially when our emotions are triggered. We talked about how the stuff that happens to us can become our biggest opportunity to grow and to learn. We also talked about the importance of loving ourselves and of taking care of ourselves. Author Gay Hendricks would say, if there is any part of ourselves or our lives that we're not fully willing to accept, we will experience stress and friction in that area. The stress will disappear the moment we accept that part and claim ownership of it. And from Deepak Chopra, if you want to change the world around you, you need only change the quality of your own vibration. As you change that, the quality of what is around you changes. Attention and intention are the keys to transformation. Wise words. Resignation or reinvention. Our organizations need us and the skills that we bring to them. John Izzo in his book, Stepping Up, How Responsibility Changes Everything, talks about to stepping up does not require being extraordinary or having extraordinary means. It is about having the heart the perseverance, and the desire to make something happen. It is about having a vision. Once you step up, somehow that act of taking initiative drives you to find the resources you need inside and outside yourself. We have an opportunity to step up. 
to create the kinds of organizations that we do not wish to resign from. Now, according to the article written by Ian Cook, the one in the Harvard Business Review, counsel for employers is that they quantify the problem, identify the root causes, and develop tailored retention programs. For us as employees, what might be things that you could recommend or choose to let go of? Things that aren't benefiting you, are not effective use of your time. What might be things that could help create the space that you need to enable you to go big and what truly matters to you, to your department, to your organization? What changes might you be able to influence or to make yourself to create something that works better? What conversations might you initiate or encourage? What might you do to help create less stress in your life and end your work so that resignation, although sometimes an option, is not you or your team's first choice. Susan's musings. <laughs> Lots to think about as we slowly emerge from what some are calling the new norms of working as we come out of the pandemic. Lots to consider as you guessed it, we each dare to soar leadership from the inside out of ourselves, positively impacting the organizations we work with, affecting change from within. Thanks for joining me today. If you or your organization are interested in a lunch and learn session or training around leadership, let's chat. My contact information is on the show notes for the podcast and on my website, www.affectingchangefromwithin.com. I will be back next week with a guest. I hope you will join me. Thanks again for listening and have a great rest of your day, everyone. Susan signing out. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangenay at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.